Hello world and welcome to StackCast, your go-to source for all things related to cloud security and cybersecurity compliance. I'm your host, Martin Rieger, and I'm thrilled to embark on this journey with you as we navigate the ever-changing landscape of cloud technology and cybersecurity. In a world where our reliance on digital technology is an all-time high, the need for secure and compliant data practices through states and federal government has never been more crucial. We hope to make this podcast not only informative, but engaging and interactive. So we encourage you to share your thoughts, questions, and experiences, and who knows, you might be featured in one of our future episodes. Thank you for tuning in to StackCast. We can't wait to embark on this enlightening journey with you. Let's discover, design, and deploy our digital future together. All right. Well, thank you for joining StatCast today. Uh, with us, we have Nick Mystery. Nick, thank you for joining us. Um, to kick things off, can you just tell us a, a little bit about Lineage and uh, what made you guys decide to start this company? Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so we started Lineage really looking at solar winds and other software supply chain attacks and as we were looking at these software supply chain attacks one thing occurred to us is that to date there hasn't been a strong security control to be able to detect and prevent a software supply chain attack like like solar winds and then we really uh, put our heads together and started uh finding opportunities to to build capabilities to do exactly that how can we prevent how can we detect a software supply chain attack? And then from there, Lineage was born and all of our capabilities and services are grounded on trying to address software supply chain security. The importance of supply chain security um, has been described and in many cases mandated by some uh, government programs such as FedRAMP and, and even FISMA. And with that, they're they're requesting uh, what's known as an S bomb. And so today, you know, the the purpose of our discussion is really to decode that and understand what that means. So, just for our audience, can can you give us a quick rundown of exactly what is an S bomb, and and why is that becoming the focal point of cybersecurity audits and and the government's concern around software security? Sure. No, that's a great question. So an SBOM is a software bill of materials. And in essence, a uh, an SBOM is a listing of all of the software components uh, that exist within the software. And the reason this is important is really twofold. One is we're seeing that approximately 80 to 90% of software, and this is true of all software, is comprised of third party or open source. And the challenge with uh, you know having 80 to 90% of software uh, derived from open source is that when developers pick these open source packages, uh, they're seeing you know maybe one or two levels deep of dependencies, meaning the components that they're picking up have other components. And even and then those other components have other components. We call them dependencies and transitive dependencies. The challenge is that those those dependencies and transitive dependencies are opaque. They're not readily visible to the developers as they're grabbing them and using them. And then why is that critical from a cybersecurity perspective is that um, you know having an accurate inventory obviously is the first step in cybersecurity, knowing all of the components in your software uh, is incredibly important. And the reason that's important is 
that's how we understand the vulnerabilities and weaknesses that are associated or embedded uh, within within a software as a starting point. And the second uh, part of that is, as we've seen with many of these software supply chain attacks, um, you know, there are bad actors that are taking advantage of these vulnerabilities that are deep inside what we call the software supply chain uh, of software, um, and then compromising those to then, you know, uh, engage in attacks on on customers that then use that software. That's that's pretty awesome. So, you know, understanding where lineage came from, um, ultimately, you know, what would you say sparked the idea for creating the the S bomb exchange itself, and and maybe tell us a little bit about how that actually works. Yeah, no, absolutely. So our X X. Uh, SBOM exchange platform, uh, the lineage SBOM exchange platform uh, came about mainly because as we were working with some of our key customers, uh, we recognized the need to share an SBOM uh, for transparency's sake, right? And 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 wanting to support not only the compliance aspects, but also being able to provide uh, information to their customers about their software and potential vulnerabilities. If we go back to a scenario like Log4j, which I know everybody's familiar with, um, at that time, there was no mechanism for uh, software producers to share whether Log4j, the vulnerable component of Log4j, or the patch or the fix was available or was even present in the software that you were using. And so really this use case of being able to share not only the SBOM, uh, but other relevant information with, uh, you know, from a software producer to a software consumer came about really work by working with some of our software uh, software producer customers and this need. More equally important is, you know, how do we do this uh, at scale? How do we do this recognizing that software is dynamic, right? And the threat landscape is dynamic. Uh, so it's it's a, it needs a platform that can uh, support that dynamic nature and providing, you know, real-time information to the entire ecosystem with regard to vulnerabilities in the software supply chain. So basically what, what you're describing is a marketplace where SBOMs can be exchanged and shared across various organizations. Um, understanding, you know, that CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, is is sort of leading the way on the government side around these types of compliance requirements. In addition to uh, making sure that they can facilitate the development and the focus on uh, making sure software bill of materials remain compliant, what kind of, you know, sort of checks and balances or components does Lineage provide to sort of ensure that, you know, your customers and partners are keeping their SBOMs up to date and compliant? Yeah, no, that's that's a primary use case and driver for the uh, for the SBOM exchange here at Lineage. Uh, one of the things that we do is when uh, an SBOM is uploaded, uh, we do it a compliance check. So we're able to perform a compliance check against, uh, you know, the recent executive order 14028. Also, there is a minimum specification for SBOMs that the NTIA has developed and CISA 
is encouraging. So we can do a compliance check to make sure all the minimum information that's required in SBOM is provided. We can also do a compliance check against uh, 14028. Um, so software producers can see, you know, are their SBOMs compliant to begin with? And once uh, they're comfortable and it is and it passes our compliance checks, now they can share that information with consumers. And so there's, you know, the market exchange, if you will, to use that analogy, there's two parts. There's the, the people that produce uh, the software and then the entities that uh, consume the software. So uh, certainly the producers will be able to check their compliance uh, of their SBOMs and then share uh, with the consumers. And the consumers um, now have the ability to see an SBOM from the software producers that they're using, and then also any relevant information such as uh, vulnerabilities or other risks uh, that are in that SBOM. Um, and so that's the, the benefit as they get to see the compliance checks on both sides. And these, these standards and compliance standards are really driving uh, what I believe is the transparency within the industry that's needed, right? And I, and I think it's benefiting both the, the producer side and the consumer side. So the, the, the conversations that I've had with, with uh, a number of companies around SBOMs is, you know, okay, we determine the supply chain risk, we, we put together, you know, our, our bill of materials, right, our ingredients. Um, and now, you know, they, they went from one, having a certain number or, or known number of vulnerabilities using traditional, you know, CVE vulnerability scanning type tools to now having a expanded upon list that, that potentially could go into the thousands of other vulnerabilities and issues. But but the biggest concern and, and where I think most companies are worried is the sharing of those vulnerabilities and that information. Trying to understand, okay, if I'm going to exchange this information with you, you know, how does Lineage make sure that that information is, is and that confidentiality and, and, and the security of that information is maintained when they actually go about uploading or sharing their SBOMs. I think I think that would is something that is probably the number one question and problem that people are facing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the reasons we built the exchange and and it is gaining uh, a popularity is that we allow for the secure sharing of SBOMs and any other relevant information. Uh, so as a software producer, you can manage your entire distribution chain and who has access to which SBOM and managing that access, the, the platform is uh, encrypted. Uh, so you cannot gain access to that information unless you've been given permission uh, to view that SBOM. We also enable uh, the software producers to uh, link their SBOM to specific products and bundles of products, even SKUs. As we know, oftentimes the consumers are receiving bundles of products or a SKU that maps to bundles of products. And so making sure that the right SBOM information is provided only to the customer that needs to see it is, is also part of the, the platform. 
All right. So so this is going to be kind of the million dollar question. And and I, I've seen a couple companies out there already who have have sort of posted either their S bomb for review or stated, you know, they have a uh, you know, score of 80 or, or something along those lines. But ultimately, you know, using lineage S bomb exchange, how would you say that would impact the overall security posture of a company? And then maybe as a as a follow-on to that, you know, how can they use that to share or demonstrate? Now we talked about how the exchange can work, but how does a company make use of this? Sure. So, you know, uh, we have several clients today that are working with their software vendors, collecting their SBOMs, and then managing risk uh, with their software vendors through our platform. And, and in a number of ways, one is, you know, for the first time, you have the ability to have all of your vendor SBOMs in one place and manage them all in one place. The second piece is when we identify risks or vulnerabilities uh, you know, within the SBOM itself, we do an independent assessment, uh, verification and validation of the SBOM, identify vulnerabilities and risks, which then they can use to manage and have uh, you know, what I would say constructive security discussions with their vendors that they're using. Um, and so that becomes an enabling factor. And the third uh, use case is, let's say we have another incident um, such as Log4j. Uh, at this point, you can very much uh, just go on to Lineage and search, is, you know, does Log4j exist in the software that I'm you know, maintaining? And it'll give you the list of all of the software. Not only you know, does Log4j as a component exist, but is it the vulnerable configuration that's being exploited at the moment? So there's, it is, allows for, um, you know, management of, of all of your software. Well, it, it certainly looks like you guys um, have definitely um, become somewhat of a disruptor and are changing the game. Uh, I can tell you, I think we all wish we had something like Lineage before Log4j occurred. Um, it's funny, we were talking about it yesterday as one of the last kind of real major events that impacted the supply chain, right? Um, so, you know, before we wrap up, um, is there any advice that you would give companies who are, you know, looking to strengthen their software distribution chain? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, as part of the development cycle, one of the terms we like to say is, you know, we need to start focusing, uh, shifting left of shift left, right? Because really focusing on the supply chain um, and understanding the risks that are in your software starts with having a an accurate SBOM, really. And then from that, being able to produce an SBOM assess the SBOM, identify risks, remediate, and then equally important to be able to, uh, we know that software is dynamic, we know the threat landscape is dynamic, is that it's not a one-time exercise to, to produce an SBOM, but this has to be continually generated. And then how do you share that information so that it's uh, useful uh, for the entire distribution chain, but equally do it in a way that's safe and secure, manages your private information so it doesn't you know get out uh, to the wrong into the wrong hands is is really critical and and you know we're glad the the government's pushing s bombs and the standards are pushing s bombs we see it as a a critical component to you know getting getting our arms around the software supply chain security challenges 
Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you for those insights. It's definitely clear uh, lineage is going to make a substantial impact on the industry, not just for the federal government, but commercial folks as well. And then in the compliance arena, um, there's a number of frameworks. You got cybersecurity, um, sorry, uh, CMMC, uh, cybersecurity maturity model. Um, you've also got NIST 800-171. You've got FedRAMP, FISMA, risk management framework, and then, of course, the commercial sector. Uh, so for those that want to learn more, um, where can they find you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. They can find us at uh, lineage.com. They can also find us, uh, you know, on, on Twitter or, I guess, X now, right, as well as uh, LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. That's all for today's episode. So thank you to our guest, Nick. Uh, and I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, for more deep dives into the cybersecurity world and government compliance. Uh, until next time, please stay tuned, stay secure, and stay compliant. Thanks for having me.